Welcome back to the agenda with the Missoula County Commissioners. I'm Josh Slotnick, and I'm here with my fellow Commissioner Dave Strohmeyer. Our friend and colleague Juanita Vero is out today. So as you all know, it's the holiday season, and we're taking time to talk about some holiday behavior. So we've got people going to parties and enjoying the season everywhere. Often they drive to where they're going and are planning on driving home. So we're actually talking about impaired driving or driving under the influence. We've got two guests with us today. Could you guys each introduce yourselves and talk about your roles here at Missoula County and how your roles intersect with the, our subject today? All right. Thanks, um, Commissioner Schlotnick. I am Landy Holloway. I'm a Justice of the Peace here in Missoula. I've been on the bench for about seven years. And in our court, we see a lot of misdemeanor DUIs and some of the felony DUIs before they go up to district court. One of the other involvements I have with impaired driving is that I oversee and built road court, which is a responsibility, opportunity, and accountability for drivers. It is a treatment and accountability court. So those are some of the things that I'm connected with. Hi, I'm Steve Schmidt. I run on Drive Safe Missoula, which is uh, home to our local DUI task force and our Buckle Up Montana Coalition. I work out of the uh, health department. Uh, my primary jobs are to keep people driving sober and uh, buckled up wearing their safety belts. That's kind of why I'm here today. Great. And, and do you like to go by Steve or Schmitty? Uh, I, you know, either one. Uh, there, there's a lot of Steves in this world, yeah. so <laughs> Schmitty is uh, oftentimes <laughs> go. what I go by. Yeah, you got it. So, Landy, when, in your intro, you mentioned misdemeanor DUIs, felony DUIs, and road court. Could you give a little breakdown on what those three things are? You bet. Felony DUIs in the state of Montana is if you have had a fourth or subsequent. Fourth. Yes, fourth. In some states across the nation, there are thirds are felony. But in the state of Montana, it's a fourth or subsequent is a felony. What do you mean fourth or sub? Oh, fourth, subsequent, meaning fifth, sixth. Okay. Yeah, and I think you'll see that. Every once in a while in the media, you're going to see somebody who shows up with 10, 12, 14 DUIs. And, you know, those are just really unfortunate situations. The primary cases that we see in justice court are first, second, and third. DUIs. Misdemeanors. Misdemeanors, that's correct. Primarily, most of those who get a first DUI, I think the stats used to read about 60% do not reoffend. So if somebody comes into court, they're like, wow, this is not where I want to be. I'm going to address my issue. I don't want to go to jail. I don't like the fines. I don't like the financial aspect. You get into the second and thirds, the penalties are increasing. There's additional jail time. It's additional costs to the taxpayers, not to mention the danger that it is on the roads out. Impaired driving, I think we really have to talk about, too, that it's not just alcohol and I think our culture needs to like shift from impaired driving is there's a lot of different substances that are out there and so just let's, let's do a little snapshot at some data I think in Missoula County I've been tracking data primarily for grants when we apply for road court and in 2018 out of I'm just going to give you some justice court stats 2018 there were 248 misdemeanor DUIs there were 21 felony DUIs and these are convictions there's a lot of things that can happen after a charge we go to 2019, we're up to 213 misdemeanors in justice court. 2020, 194 misdemeanors in justice court. Right down. It fluctuates a little bit. Um, I think we've seen some changes. We've seen some changes in the impacts with COVID. We've seen some changes with regards to the legalization of marijuana and our poly substance users. 2021, we had 201 misdemeanors in justice court, 209 in 2022. Now, this is what's going to be shocking. As of October 
2023, just in Justice Court, we had 295 misdemeanors. What happened? So, yeah, I guess along Josh's line of questioning there is, are we uh, more effective at enforcement or are people, I mean, are we sliding in the wrong direction as far as more impaired drivers on the road or... I think that there's a lot of varieties. There's a lot of things that are in there, and I'm not quite sure. You know, I think with regards to COVID and the pandemic, there's so many variables that we don't really know how they impact currently. Um, I think we also have to take a look at what's going on in our mental health aspect of our community, and there's some issues that are happening there. So I think what I really want you to walk away with is that there are increases in impaired driving and impaired driving, and we'll talk, I'm sure, a little bit more about this, of the different substances that are happening out there with grudge to impaired driving. So you mentioned road court, and I just want to get you to talk about it a little bit, because after witnessing a road court graduation, I was so moved. It's such a powerful thing. Would you mind giving a little description of what it is, how it works? You bet. Happy to do that. I'm always happy to talk about road court. So we started about five years ago. It is a treatment and accountability court. The incentive to coming into road court is that you might have your jail time waived and partial of your fines, but you also have to come to court for a whole year, and you have to work with a team, a person's on misdemeanor probation, it's really a holistic approach to treating substance use and impaired driving. It works. There's data out there. We're national best practices the way we run our program. By the time somebody graduates, they've had to provide many UAs. They call in every day to provide a urine sample. They wear an alcohol monitor. They work with a treatment coordinator, and they come into court on a regular basis. It's pretty powerful when you see somebody graduate when they've really committed to change. Their family members show up. They're seeing money in their bank account. They're seeing their health changing. And so it is truly a commitment to changing behavior. Cool. I think we've had about 42 graduates. Currently, we have 28 people in the program. It is at least 12 to 18 months long for people, Mm -hmm. for folks to be involved. The one graduation I witnessed was a really emotional event. I could tell for the folks who were graduating that they were enjoying a sense of achievement and they had loved ones in the audience. And it was a a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't like a High school graduations are wonderful, but it's kind of a foregone conclusion for most people. I got the sense watching road court graduation, it was not a foregone conclusion. It was tough. And they were relieved and really happy to be there. Right. And I think that if anybody wanted to think that that's taking an easy approach to DUIs, it's absolutely not. Um, Coming in and seeing the commitment and the efforts that an individual has to put into changing their behavior is huge. And I think that's kind of what brings us to this month's National Impaired Driving Awareness Month. And so I reached out to Schmitty to say, hey, let's see if we can get out there and really impact the messaging in our community. And, you know, people need to hear it not just from the courts and not just from law enforcement, but how do we really get at the heart of this. People need to take some different actions, make some plans, and take care of one another out there. And so, Schmitty, what, what does that look like beyond just, just say no? We remember that in the past uh, <laughs> with uh, maybe uh, mixed results. But uh, Right, right. Well, you know, one of the big things that I'm really trying to focus on locally, statewide, even some national uh, aspects of things is I'm really trying to focus on the concept of psychological reactants. People don't Whoa. like to be told what to do. Mm. What, and that's what's a psychological reaction? Yeah. Let Josh, me, stop <laughs> yapping. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. So, there you go. So people don't like to be told what to do. And understanding that, pretty much what I try to do with most of my messaging and trying to get others that are in the traffic safety world with their style of messaging is how do we make it a little bit more inclusive? How do we become part of that message as well? Because it's not just about one person 
or one group of people. We're all part of this world when it comes to impaired driving and it affects all of us. And we can all play a positive role in making sure that we can help get impaired drivers off our roads. One, that's us obviously trying to set the example uh, of what it means to always be 100% sober when we're on the roadways. But two, how do we look out for one another? If we have an office party that's going on and we have all our coworkers there, how do we make sure that we have sober transportation for a ride home for everybody? If we have a family get-together, how are we making sure that all our family members and our guests are leaving this gathering with a 100% sober driver? Does that mean we arrange for other transportation, whether it's Uber, Lyft, uh, a bus, or a designated driver? beforehand, you know, while everybody's sober, clear mind, thinking straight and logically, that we set that all up. So we plan ahead and, and we, we take that responsibility upon ourselves, even though we might not be the ones that are out there driving, we can still help out. Could you give an example of a message that isn't a psychological reactant? Sure, sure. Well, um, say, for example, with the traditional traffic safety messaging that we see, you know, we see, you know, uh, drive sober or get pulled over, click it or ticket, you text, you drive, you pay. All of those are telling people exactly what to do. And most people are like, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. For example, when we started this whole let's not wreck the holidays campaign, initially it was don't wreck the holidays which of course is telling in nature. So by doing that slight little tweak by saying, let's not wreck the holidays, the people that are delivering the message, whether it be government agencies, law enforcement, employers, they're part of that message saying we all have that part, the play to make sure that our roads stay as sober as they can be, if that makes sense. Yeah, that absolutely does. So this December, this holiday season, what are the methods that you're working with to try to get that message out? Most of it is online. Okay. Uh, that's where we're doing most of that online stuff. So if you go to drivesafemissoula.com, right there on the front main page, uh, there's a let's not wreck the holiday spot. You can click on that if you're looking to join the campaign. We've tried to make it as easy as possible. There's a whole section on social media where people could just click and share. They don't have to develop anything. There's uh, pre-made letters that if an organization or a company wants to send these letters out to their employees or to their customers to just let our community know that they are taking this seriously and they're going to do everything that they possibly can to keep their employees safe, their family safe, their customers safe by you know getting on board with this and saying, hey, look, we're not going to wreck the holidays either. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to pledge to make sure we're 100% sober when we're on those roadways. Companies can get involved. They can hop on there, put their name and logo uh, right on one of those letters and send it out to their employees. I try to make it as easy as possible for them. So, Schmitty, I can imagine mm-hmm. somebody listening to this who maybe is a little more cynical than me and Dave. Sure, sure. Saying, come on, who's going to go to Drive Safe Missoula as a webpage? It, it's not, it's not going to happen. It, uh, how's this, these folks actually going to get the word out to people out there in the world living their normal kind of day-to-day lives with the normal kind of uh, phone surfing that people do when they're hanging out? Like, How are you actually going to reach those folks? So one great example of a company who has understood the assignment of let's not wreck the holidays is MissoulaMugs.com. 
A lot of people go to Missoula Mugs uh, already. They're checking the. Um, t- tell us what is what is this Missoula Mugs? It's basically just all the intake photos at the at our local the jail. mug shots. The mug shots at our local jail, and you can see what people, uh, you know, who's being arrested and what they're arrested for. Ooh. And, and uh, this gets a lot of hits. It uh, gets a tremendous amount of views. So people are on there looking at this stuff, and you'll be surprised to see how many impaired drivers you see on mm. here. So Missoula Mugs took that, and right at the top of the Missoula Mugs page is a little banner. Uh, looks like a little holiday banner. If you click on that, you can read exactly what Missoula Mugs has to say about how people look, or I should say how bad they look in their DUI mug shots. He or she, whoever runs Missoula Mugs, we're not 100% sure, uh, just talks about the, those photos and sort of makes fun of people in in a way that is, is quite humorous, but uh, I think might actually catch on. And then it directs people to my website at drivesafemissoula.com slash holiday, which is where I have all of that information okay. so people can connect there. And it has driven a tremendous amount of traffic to the website. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, we're Great. talking like 2,000% increase. Wow. wow. So, well yeah. done. So one thing that folks oftentimes like to do is, I think it's just human nature to compare ourselves to others. So how is Missoula doing compared to the rest of the state or the rest of the nation as it relates to impaired driving? Any, sen- any sense of that? Are we worse, about the same, trending in one direction or the other? Such an interesting question. Right, right. And it's really hard. Trend data on DUIs is really difficult to follow. There's a couple different aspects that we can look at. One, we can look at overall fatalities that we have. Mm. We can look at serious injuries that are a result of crashes as well. We can also look at arrest data. One of the issues that we have as far as arrest data goes is that sometimes our local law enforcement, with an increase of population here in our area, increase for calls for service where people are calling 911 asking for you know law enforcement help. Officers might not have the ability to do what's called proactive searching for these DUIs as they're out and about because they're answering call to call to call or they're short-staffed on a particular night. And with the number of calls for service, typically if an officer gets a DUI, they're off the street for anywhere from two to three hours processing Ooh. that DUI. Some maybe a little bit shorter if they're faster processing these, you know, these arrests. So with that being the case, that doesn't necessarily mean there are less DUIs on our mm, streets. It sure. just means that officers are capturing less people driving impaired. Oftentimes, they're a result of a crash where it ultimately comes from a 911 call for service. So our trends look like they are going down a little bit. However, crashes are primarily the same as far as they have been over the last couple of years. Prior to COVID, there was a downward trend uh, of crashes if you look at, at those overall. And then they picked up as far when once the, the pandemic hit. And that was pretty much like that across the country. Now, now there might be a slight upward trend here recently. That's what Judge Holloway's numbers. Yeah, I think in Missoula County, we're starting to see that trend. And I think anybody who lives in Missoula County sees that there's alcohol just about in every event. And and, and so like, and not necessarily that that's bad, but we have a lot of people in our community who have substance use issues. Mm. And so just being aware of that and really looking out for each other and making sure no one's driving impaired. I might have some stats from the NHTSA website. What's NHTSA? It's the National National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Thank Mm -hmm. you. And so one of the stats from 2021 in every state, it is illegal to drink and drive. And yet one person was killed in a drunk driving crash every 39 minutes in the United States. 
So if you think about every 39 minutes across our station, our nation is somebody is dying. And that's not just a person. That's a family. Yeah. That, that's impacting a lot of people. And then when we talk about 31% of all traffic crash fatalities in the United States involves a drunk driver. So what we're seeing in 2021, over 13,000 people were killed from preventable crashes. Hmm. So we're not saying don't go out and have fun and celebrate. Do it safely keep everybody else safe and make sure that you're not ending up in jail or before me in court. We don't want to see those. And You know, you want to keep you alive. We want our roadways to be safe. We want to know that people out there are driving and they're not driving impaired. So, Shmini, when you were answering Dave's question about how do we compare to other places, it kind of sounded to me like you were saying, we can't really tell. There's too many variables. There's this and that. It's hard to tell. Given that it's difficult to tell, one would really like to know, are we making progress? Is Bozeman doing it better than we are? Does our, looking out the window right now, it's pretty much gray from October to May, right? Right, uh, right, right, right. Does that have an effect? <clears throat> we have a really vibrant and alive beer, food, wine culture in Missoula that's celebratory and it, it's really, it's wonderful. That means there's a lot of alcohol around. Does that contribute to it? Would it be worse in a small town with three bars and nothing else going on? How do, how do these things play out in terms of the type of culture, the type of geography and weather, et cetera? isolation versus community. How does that play into impaired driving? Yeah. And well, most of our fatality crashes occur in a rural environment. So I'm, I'm just talking so, impaired driving. Yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. Impaired. So that's one of the things that we use, utilize to measure this stuff. So in the, the rural environments have a little <coughs> bit less opportunity as far as rideshare options. You know, here in Missoula, the city limits, they have access to things like Uber, Lyft, or city bus and things like that. So some of those things, you know, help reduce the amount of mm-hmm. impaired driving that we have sure. specifically within the city limits. So the rural environment, you know, is a little bit more difficulty as far yep. as finding those sober rides, if sure. that helps. Sure, that, that, um, make, that makes sense. Yeah, if yeah, if yeah. you're in a rural area, you have no other option. Yeah. Or you may feel like you have no other option. We're here. Exactly. And in a place like, because we're, we're sitting in downtown, there's a lot of people who can walk to downtown and mm-hmm. walk home. Correct. But there used to be home free in Missoula, and that's not happening anymore. And I was just recently, in a, and I think it was over in Helena, and I mm-hmm. noticed they still have home free. I'd like to bring that back well, what to Missoula. Is that? You could tell the bartender you needed a ride home, or you turn over your keys and they would give you a ride home. Mm-hmm. There's some money set aside for that. You know, and I know we, we live in a community where there's there's Uber and Lyft, but honestly, it's not out there as much as, as we'd like to have it. We need some more rides home. There's been a reduction in our taxis. I don't even think we have a taxi service in right, Missoula right. anymore. Right, right. Which, uh, which really? has some of the issues of how our home safe program dissolved ultimately. Right. And so, I mean, I just think personally, it, it would be great to bring that back. And I think that's something I'd like to work on next year, even with the Taverner Association and reach out to them to see, let's, yeah. can we get this back? Because it's, it's about our community safety. I could imagine a combined set of funding sources mm-hmm. that would come together to create a pool of money such that if someone asks for such a thing, the bartender calls Uber or Lyft and that that bill gets paid out of this funding source. But really the best way to approach this is have a plan before you go out. For sure. You know, yeah. if you're out and you're celebrating and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're under the influence of something, you might not be making the best decisions. Mm-hmm. And so if you have that already set aside, you didn't have your car keys, you're not downtown and you're going to get a ride home from somebody, have that plan ahead of time. Yeah, I get that would be plan A. Plan B might be a home free mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so backing up from Mm -hmm. even before the point where someone gets behind the wheel of a motor vehicle and might be set up for failure by way of impaired driving.
Magazine. And as Josh mentioned, it is uh, it is dark and dreary a lot of the year here in uh, Missoula, Montana, that might be a contributing factor to depression. Are there resources available for folks who might be in the situation of substance abuse or substance use? Sure. Obviously, as far as alcohol goes, one of the biggest resources would be our local AA community and recovery community as far as that goes. Uh, If it's other substances outside of uh, alcohol, there's like our Narcotics Anonymous groups here in town. Those are great places to reach out to. And also SAMHSA has a national hotline that people can reach out to. What's SAMHSA? SAMHSA is the... Substance Substance abuse. SAMHSA. Yeah. Substance and mental health... no. It's a federal federal program. Yeah, it's a yeah, federal it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I could I could look it up here and, and find out exactly. But they have a, a national hotline where people can reach out to and then get access to those local resources for them. I have a lot of it listed uh, on my website under the DOI task force under resources. People can click on there and see a lot of those local resources. Is the DOI task force website different than drivesafemissoula.com? Uh, if they go to drivesafemissoula.com, right at the top, you'll see DOI task force. You click on that drop down and then you'll see uh, resources there. There's also good to remember that there's a lot of substance abuse, chemical dependency agencies who provide treatment to those folks that are in need. And then even with alcohol detoxing, occasionally then someone actually needs to get to the hospital because it's pretty dangerous out there. But keeping in mind that there's a lot of substances that are out there. We're seeing from the state crime lab, those blood tests that come back on the blood draws, poly substances. Even if you're taking a prescription medication, remember to read the labels, be aware if you're impaired or if there's some restriction on when you should be operating a motor vehicle. And then of course, there's all the illegal substances that are out there. Being at your best and driving your best is not only, it's public safety, but it's good for your own mental health. There's nothing worse than sitting in a courtroom sentencing someone because they were operating a motor vehicle and they killed them. We do see those cases in in justice court, a careless driving resulting in death. Being out there and being behind the wheel, be safe, okay? That that is a responsibility everyone has. So Judge Holloway, you mentioned other substances beyond alcohol. Any trends that you're seeing there in terms of what's coming into your courtroom as far as impaired driving? So oftentimes when we see somebody in the beginning, it's from a citation where a law enforcement officer has seen some type of impairment or they've blown on a breathalyzer. It's those blood tests that come back later that could be testing positive for fentanyl and methamphetamine or marijuana. And I think that's important to keep in mind. If drunk driving DUIs are not just about alcohol. It's uh, marijuana can be very impairing. The potency of the THC that is being sold out there recreationally at times just makes you not in a good place to drive. You know, what are the the big things there, you know, kind of what she was talking about as far as that poly substance use, that could be anything from the marijuana combined with alcohol, alcohol combined with over-the-counter medic- medications like mm-hmm. cold medications or prescription meds. If you have any of those substances, if you feel different, you drive different. Mm-hmm. And that could be even, you know, maybe one or two drinks, but you're really tired. So you combine that, maybe you're under the legal limit, but you're also tired. So you feel different before you even start consuming alcohol. Now one drink in and now you're really impaired because you're tired on top of it. So those are all the different aspects. I really think we just need to look out for one another. One of the great things that we're doing is I'm fortunate enough to have been connected with an individual in our community named Leah Jokey. She's the first Montana 
Santana to ever graduate from the Juilliard School of Acting. And what she is doing here in our community is absolutely amazing. Working with people that are, you know, part of the addiction community, working with individuals that come from our pre-release center, working from individuals that come from Judge Holloway's road court, teaching them how to write their stories in a play format, and then wow. acting them out on stage for not only their own individual therapeutic treatment aspect of things, by bringing this their stories in the theater, but also for those who are attending and watching and listening mm. to these stories, that they can relate to them on a level that they've never been able to relate to another story. The therapeutic nature from those sitting in the audience is amazing. Wow. Uh, bringing this to the surface. Are and these performances available for the public? We just finished one here just uh, this last week. We had a Thursday, Friday event, but she just received some funding, a $10,000 grant, and then was able to raise some funds uh, during this uh, event this last week. So we are looking to have a, a spring program. So it would definitely be something we'd love to get the community out to, to watch, to witness, to engage. Uh, and, and really uh, support this because it's it's providing a level of service to those that, that have addictions and those people who have experienced addictions through family members and things like that, a level of support that I've never seen before. It is, yeah. it's truly what movies are made of. If you <laughs> think of movies like Mr. Holland's Opus or, you know, Goodwill Hunting or mm-hmm. something like that, it's happening live right now in Missoula with what Leah Jokey, I don't understand why they haven't started making her movie yet about <laughs> <laughs> what she does, but it's truly amazing, uh, yeah. and they should be making a movie. What's your about organization it. called, or uh, what's the program called? No Joke Theater. So it, somebody could type in No Joke Theater. No Joke Theater okay. online, or Leah Jokey J O K I is, okay. is you'll also get to to the No Joke Theater. Awesome. Uh, she spent 23 years in, in the California prison system, not as an inmate, but as an actor, teaching acting to people who have had wow. like 25 to life and wow. inmates that that you know should not be in the same room together because they'll likely kill each other. She was able to to get these individuals to cooperate and act, and it was just it's beautiful wow. what she does. Wow. And Amazing. Yeah, it, it was phenomenal. Well, well Schmidt, you might have uh, just answered this next question, but we always like to end our podcast by giving our guests the opportunity to share a nugget of wisdom, good book you've read recently, something that you'd like to share from either a personal or professional standpoint. Judge Holloway, Schmidt, anything else? I have one organization I'd like to just give a shout out to. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit different no, than what that, you're asking no, for. No, that, that, that'll work. So when people are looking for different activities and events and so, doing it in a sober environment, the Phoenix organization, it's called the phoenix.org. It's an organization that's alive and well in Missoula that actually has basketball and different events where people can go bowling and they can learn how to get into a different type of community and environment if they want to go out there. Other than that, I mean, I think we all got to just end on let's not wreck the holidays you don't want to end up in court in front of me you don't want to end up on missoula mugs or the jail roster go out there have happy holidays be safe and keep our road safe out there and do some surfing on the web no joke theater missoula mugs.com drive safe missoula well done well well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well summarized dave yeah absolutely absolutely right yeah. yeah just jumping on this campaign maybe sharing some of that information out with your family and friends because we all take that part and if we can look out for one another as we're out there enjoying the holidays we can just keep our roads safer 100 percent. so that's a great sentiment to end on mm-hmm. thanks for joining us yeah thanks Thank guys. You. Thank you happy holidays happy holidays Thanks for listening to The Agenda. If you enjoy these conversations, it would mean a lot if you'd rate and review the show on whichever podcast app you use. 
And if you know a friend who would like to keep up with what's happening in local government, be sure to recommend this podcast to them. The agenda with the Missoula County Commissioners is made possible with support from Missoula Community Access Television, better known as MCAT, and our staff in the Missoula County Communications Division. If you have a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, email it to communications at missoulacounty.us. To find out other ways to stay up to date with what's happening in Missoula County, go to missoula.co slash county updates. Thanks for listening. 